Bibles and turn to Jeremiah chapter 1 as we jump right in. Jeremiah chapter 1. I have shared uh, recently, when I say recently, I mean within the last two years, I have no idea when it was, but I shared this experience because it has um, been very important to me and it will especially be important in light of tonight's message when we look at uh, Jeremiah. Last week we looked at his call that God uh, challenged him in verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Tonight we're going to see Jeremiah's response to that incredible call. And it reminds me, it goes back to an experience that I had uh, as a young Christian. Uh, My wife and I had this. We were attending Bible Baptist Church in Westchester. got very involved in, I think it was the young marriage uh, class, uh, and we had just had a Bible study, and um, sometime within the next few days, uh, something came on the news that uh, one of the members, one of our peers that was in our young married Bible study, uh, was arrested for a very grievous uh, crime, very serious. And uh, we were devastated. First of all, I remember hearing it on the news, and I thought, oh, this isn't the same. The name's the same. But it's got to be someone else. And it was not someone else. And our heart immediately broke for the family. Uh, And you know, whenever there's a serious crime that's committed, you've got the victim of the crime, and then you've also got the family members. You know, um, it's just, it's devastating. And I'll never forget that Mary and I went to try to comfort the family of this person that was arrested. And again, the the charges were very serious. And I remember being so intimidated. Uh, In fact, keep in mind that there's a lot of times where people are not comfortable. People are not comfortable around death. Sometimes when someone loses a loved one or has a serious accident, people, I don't think they mean it, but so many times Christians will just kind of back off because they don't know how to... How do you enter into a situation like that? What do you say? And there's some people that just won't enter into that situation. Um, and, and I want to remind you that sometimes you just being there for someone, you don't need to say magical words. In fact, sometimes it might be best if you don't say anything. You just go there. But just being there can be a blessing to them. And I remember as we went over, uh, we didn't know what we were going to find. And I had no idea what I was going to say. What are you going to say to someone in a situation like that? And we walked into the kitchen, and there was Pastor. My pastor was there, which I don't think I was expecting that. And I looked at him, and some of the family members were around him. And uh, I think the wife of this man had stepped out of the room. And we walked in, and I'll never forget looking at Pastor. And he looked at me, and he goes, he said, Welcome to the world of the inadequate. And I will never forget that. Because I have gone back to that time and time and time again. So many scenarios. And I am so, I praise God. He never knew, I'm sure, he probably still doesn't know, how important it was for him to say that to me. Uh, Because, you know, he was a pastor of a church of over 600 people. And, uh, you know, he had it all together. And he knew what to say. And he always seemed to say the right thing. And he's claiming to be inadequate? I want to tell you something. There have been multitudes of times... When I've gone back to that and I've drawn upon that and realized 
you know, in fact, welcome to my world tonight, the world of the inadequate. And welcome to Jeremiah's world tonight. In Jeremiah chapter 1, God tells Jeremiah his plans. I have ordained you to be a prophet, not just unto Judah, and, and he would be that, you know, because that's where he was from. But I have ordained you, verse 5, to be a prophet unto the nations. How amazing. You're talking about mighty, powerful nations of the day like Assyria, Babylon, and Egypt. And when you think of who Jeremiah was at this time, when this call was revealed, it's overwhelming. But th- he wasn't just going to be a prophet to them. He's going to be a prophet to even the smaller nations like Moab and Edom and Damascus, Philistia and Ammon. And all these nations have a history of being hostile to Israel. And God is going to call him to be a prophet to them? Kind of a little insight. And so, Jeremiah's response is absolutely understandable. And so I want us to enter into his response Tonight we're going to look mainly uh, at verse 6 and 7, verse 8 and 9. If if we have time, that will probably carry us into next week. But look at verse 6 where we see Jeremiah's response. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 6. Then said I, Ah, Lord God. That's two words in the Hebrew. Adonai is the Lord God. And then the word Ah is a Hebrew expression uh, it would be another word, another English word for it would also be the word alas. It is an expression of alarm and pain. It is an expression uh, of of grief and and it would be you know in in similar today we'd be like we would we would say, oh no, you know the, this was a response that he was not like. Jeremiah's response wasn't, well, it's about time you notice my, my qualities. I have been waiting for you to call me as a prophet. I've been, you know, brushing up and I can't wait. It's about time you saw who I am. He didn't say that at all. He said, alas, verse 6, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. Now, this, this Hebrew term that is translated child doesn't give us the exact, you know, he was young. And, he, and, and this term is used always of someone that is a child child or a youth. So he was, you know, very young, could have been a young man, but he was young. And when, when he made his call known to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah's response again, I am, again, look at verse 6. I cannot speak for I am a child. I am not able to do this. Think about what God was calling him to do. And it is just, it is overwhelming. It's reluctant. He was reluctant. Now what's interesting is some of the terminology, and for time's sake we're probably not going to go to Deuteronomy 18, but some of the terminology in verses uh, 7 and 8 are actually reminiscent of Deuteronomy. um, In Deuteronomy chapter 18, And verse 15, let me just present the scenario and I'll read it real quick. You don't need to turn there. Moses was getting ready to depart. And and if you read up to it, the, the challenge was he was challenging God's people. Don't seek outsiders. Don't go to soothsayers and, and, you know, uh, fortune tellers and so forth. That that God is going to raise up prophets within 
us. And when I leave, Moses is saying, God's going to raise up a prophet like Moses. So, in fact, here's what he says in Deuteronomy 18:15: The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. And verse 18, he says again, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee. I will put my words in his mouth. He shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. Now, that was prophetic. Jeremiah, and a lot of people think that that was prophetic of more than just one or two people. It certainly applied to Jeremiah. And it has been interpreted to be Jeremiah was one of the fulfillments. Ultimately, it would be referring to Jesus Christ. But clearly, Jeremiah, uh, it is not wrong to think that Jeremiah may have had that on his mind when he was thinking of this incredible call. So with that in mind, let's, let's go back because there's so many similarities. When God called Moses, turn to Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4. Because Jeremiah's response is very similar to Moses' response. Which, by the way, and we won't turn to 1 Kings, but it's also very similar to, to um, Solomon's response when God told him he was going to be king. In Exodus chapter 4, and chapter 3, God called him, remember the burning bush? And in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 1, Exodus 4 verse 1, Moses answered. He now, you know, God told him what his plans were. And Moses answered and said, Behold, but behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And you might remember that. God gave him some illustrations. He said, Throw the rod down. The rod became a serpent. He said, Pick it up. He picked it up. It became a rod again. And to double that, he then said, Take your hand, put it in your bosom, Put it forth, it was leprous. Then he put it back and God healed him. So that little, you know, you know how the Jews require a sign? Moses needed that affirmation that God was going to speak through him. But now we pick up in verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord. So now God got that, that excuse out of the way. It was very clear by now that God meant business when he was going to use Moses to lead the people out of, the, out of, out of bondage. Verse 10. Exodus 4.10 And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who made the dumb and deaf, or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. Now look at Moses' response in verse 13. And he said, O Lord, O my Lord, send I pray thee by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. In other words, that's a way he was saying, please send someone else. Verse 14, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. So God conceded and said, all right, I'm going to have Aaron, I'm going to have your brother uh, go with you, Aaron, and he'll be a mouthpiece for you. But he was not happy that, you know, he doubted God. He, 
He focused on his inexperience and his inability to communicate. And now let's go back to Jeremiah chapter 1. Because that was with Jeremiah. Jeremiah was just totally overwhelmed by his own inadequacy. Is that a bad thing? It's a bad thing when you reject the call. But it's not a bad thing when you are totally conscious of your own unworthiness. And and that's where Jeremiah was. So I want you to look now at verse 7. Verse 6, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Now remember, look at verse 7, but. Remember that contrast? We're going to change directions now. You know, God is not going the direction of where the narrative is right now. He's going to stop and respond in a different, different tone. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. He's like, no, it's... <laughs> this kept coming to my mind as I'm studying the Scriptures. And talk about reading something in the Scriptures... You ever watched a game show? I know you folks are so spiritual, you've never watched a game show. And if you get the answer wrong, what happens? There's a, eh, right? And I, and I keep thinking of this like God's going, you know, here's Jeremiah saying, oh, Lord, I can't, I'm just a child. And it's like God's going, eh, you know, I'm not accepting it. It doesn't, no, say not I'm a child. He rejected it outright. The Lord said unto me, say not I am a child. And we're going to go on now in this last verse that we finish the rest of our time. But here's the point. And I heard this years ago at a conference where a preacher said, and and I've appreciated this. not sure this is what he meant, but he said when, when God speaks, He gives in that command the power to obey. When God speaks... He gives in that command the power to obey. In other words, God would never, whenever He commands us to do something, He also enables us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 24 says, Faithful is He that calleth you, who also will do it. So if God wants you to do something, and He makes that clear to you through the Word, He will enable you to do that. And so, no is not an excuse. Saying, I don't feel like I'm worthy, is a good answer. Saying, I don't think I'm qualified, that's a good answer. In fact, in 1 Kings, when God called Solomon to be the king, his first response was, there's no way. And I, I, forgot, I forgot to write down the verse, but it was very good because his response was very similar to Jeremiah, very similar to Moses, he was so overwhelmed and, and did not feel qualified. But God called him and he ended up following. Now, interesting story with Saul. With, I'm sorry, Saul. I'm talking about Saul. When Saul then became king, he started feeling less and less inadequate and more and more adequate. And that's not a good thing. Because he began to trust in his own power. And when God eventually disqualified him from being king, he went back, he said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, I called thee to be a king. In other words, he was no longer little in his own sight. So you know what? If you are living in the world of the inadequate, it's a good place to be. Don't ever leave it. 
Because apart from God, you and I are inadequate. And if Jeremiah had said something like, well, I've been wondering when you'd notice my expertise. You know, I'm going to be the famous Jeremiah. I'm going to go down in history. Everyone's going to be talking about me. I'm going to have a book named after me. You know, if he had that kind of attitude, God would be like, no, can't use you. But God did use him. And now, now in the, the most important part of this text is in verse 5, or 7, excuse me, 7, 8, and 9. Because this is basically God saying, I'm going to do everything. He said, But the Lord said unto me, Say not, am I, I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. In other words, Jeremiah didn't have a choice of where he was going to go. You're going to go where I send you. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I put my words in thy mouth. This would be a very important thing. Because years down, remember, let's go back to what we talked about last, last Sunday, is that Jeremiah is preaching to people that don't want to hear his message. He's not preaching... Uh, he was not preaching a Joel Osteen type message. You know, that God, God's got wonderful things for you. Everybody's going to be happy. We're going to live in prosperity. He was saying, you're going to get judged if you don't get right with God. And he loved these people. And he said, judgment is coming. And it, and it was in the form of the Babylonian captivity. And it would happen because they did not heed Jeremiah's message. Now again, he, he left. Again, he, he was rejected. He didn't win one convert, according to the scriptures. We don't see anyone took his message seriously. And if history is, history is correct, the people that he ministered to ended up stoning him to death. When it was all said and done, folks, and if they were able to step away, or even in eternity, if they could look back and see their life, they could say to you today, Jeremiah was my best friend and I didn't even know it. Jeremiah told me not what I what I needed to or I wanted to hear. He told me what I need to hear, and I never took him seriously. In fact, I hated him. Jeremiah was the most loving person, the most important person in their lives, the people of Judah, because he was telling them, he was warning them. It was not a powerful message; it was a negative message, folks. And I submit to you today that there are exhortations today that people need to be exhorted in ways that are, are not flattering. And most people today are so proud, they will not take rebuke. I've noticed it just in 30 years as pastor. I have noticed less and less people responding to rebuke. In fact, I remember years ago, 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, I had a scenario and, and the person, I just rebuked them because they needed it, they were out of line, totally disrespectful. And, and I, I, I was already at the point where I'm like, you know what, people don't want to be rebuked. But, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rebuke them. And I was just expecting, well, this another person's going to be leaving and we'll never see again. And I love these people. And I'll never forget because it was so rare. He responded. And he said, you know what, Pastor, you are absolutely right. I am so sorry. He asked forgiveness. He said I was out of line. 
And uh, what a blessing. I, I, I honestly, I probably, my mouth, my jaw probably dropped down to the ground because <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. But we are living in a day where people are so defiant of God that they don't want to hear what He says. And they will, will you know, the, this. don't shoot the messenger. You've heard of that phrase? That's going to be happening more and more. And while they didn't have guns back in Jeremiah's day, that's what they did. They shot the messenger. He was the bad guy. But he wasn't the bad guy. He was their best friend and they didn't even know it. So, God says to him again, um, I am going to, verse 7, Thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. Whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Here, be not afraid of their faces. If any of you ever become a pastor or a preacher, memorize this verse. When, or a public speaker. When you stand up, you turn around and you, you face people and begin to talk to them. It's a whole different scenario. You start looking at people's faces, like you folks. And, um, you know, a, a lot of people are just blank, blank faces looking up. And that can be very intimidating. Now, you folks look a little more harmless, you know. Uh, but it can be very intimidating. And, uh, but, you know, so Jeremiah, he had to take that call seriously. Because you know, as a human being, you know there were going to be times where it would have been to his advantage, you know, temporarily speaking, to modify his message. Here's an example. In fact, we'll close with this. Turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah 37. Jeremiah 37. And I know we're going to get to this verse as we go verse by verse. Probably 2043. The year we'll get to this, <laughs> 2040, I don't know, I hope, I'm sure not. But we have here in Jeremiah chapter 37. In fact, you know what, time's slipping away. Let me just, re- you can read the text here is Jeremiah 37, uh, 16 through 17, and then chapter 38, verses 14 through 18. When Zedekiah asked Jeremiah, okay, we've got this king now, he's asking Jeremiah, is there any word from the Lord? And here's what Jeremiah said. There is, for he for, for said he, thou shalt be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon. That was a message of total gloom. You, you know, he said, is there a message from God? And this would be, this would be characteristic of Jeremiah's message. Even at times, people would say, we, we just want to hear what God says. And they really, they pleaded with Jeremiah. Would you please just tell us what God says? And then he told them, and, and we'll see this way down the road, and this is another case, not as bad as others, but they'd say, you're lying. God didn't say that. And Jeremiah had already proven, listen, he was going to tell you the truth, whether it was acceptable to you or not. And, and Christian, I want to challenge you, that's what we need in our lives. We need people that are going to tell us not what we want to hear, but what we need to hear. And that would be that will be the best thing for us because that's God's advice. Let's pray. Father, help us tonight as we consider Jeremiah. Lord, help us to learn from this man. He is indeed a hero, though none of his peers, none of the people he ministered to saw him that way. Uh, none of the people he ministered to had respect for him. But Father, this was a, a man that was very aware of his own unworthiness and inability. But he, he was faithful 
He wasn't successful in the world's eyes. And I'm sure, Father, today, many, if there was a corresponding ministry to Jeremiah today, multitudes would call him a failure. But Lord, we're not looking for men's opinions. We want your acceptance. We want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And so, Father, help us never to feel sufficient of ourselves. Help us to always have a sense that without you, we can do nothing so that our strength would be in you. And we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Please take your hymn.